Welcome to the ABA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is AJ Shunker, the founder and CEO of Everlaw. The company launched in 2011 offers a cloud-based e-discovery platform that assists clients with litigation and investigations. Everlaw recently became a legal tech unicorn as its Series D funding round brought it to a valuation of more than $2 billion. During this episode, we will discuss Everlaw's e-discovery features, how the e-discovery landscape has changed in recent years, and why Everlaw has continued to broaden its arsenal of tech tools. AJ, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Sure thing. Well, AJ, I was hoping you could start off sharing a brief history of your professional career prior to the launch of Everlaw. Thinking back in my career, my background is actually technical, so I don't have a legal background. Um, My college degree was in applied math with a focus on computer science. And then after that, I, I went to work at IBM for a little while in their advanced internet technologies group and then went on to grad school in computer science. So I got my PhD in computer science in the 2000s in programming systems. And then on the back of that did another startup, actually a very different startup in in computer vision. Uh, That company got acquired. And um, when I was working at the acquiring company, uh, I revisited this idea about Everlaw and decided to go for it and quit that job and, and started writing code back in my bedroom. Yeah, so what was it at your other startup that got you thinking of the concept of launching a platform like Everlaw? So the idea actually predates uh, that other startup. It was actually when I was in grad school in the later years of my PhD. And what happened there was I'd always known I had a, a love for building products. I just loved writing code, building websites, building useful stuff. Um, I built many such things in grad school, probably to the annoyance of my advisor, you know, who wanted me to focus on research, but it was something I just got a huge kick out of. Um, and that ended up being useful in an interesting way. And and that is because at the time, a law firm came to the Berkeley PhD department in computer science looking for a technical expert. They were litigating a complex technical lawsuit. They needed an expert to help them out. Uh, and partially due to some of the side projects I had done, I happened to know what they needed to know. And so my advisor put my name forward as kind of a person that could help them And I thought, hey, this is just kind of a fun side project. You know, it can supplement my fellowship money. Why not just do it? And so it was a fun side project, but I ended up working with them on and off over the next couple of years. And it was actually really fascinating work. It was really smart people solving very interesting problems that were technically quite deep, surprisingly deep problems um, with kind of high stakes that made it exciting. And, you know, the technology they were using to solve these problems just wasn't that good. And so... The impetus for me was just recognizing, hey, you know, knowing what I know about computer science, like you could definitely build a better solution to these problems than what they have now. And so that was the impetus. And I kind of had that in my back pocket and, you know, in the back of my mind for a while and stayed in touch with the attorneys of the firm who were, you know, excited by that, that idea as well. And ultimately just revisited it after that other startup came to a resolution. Great. So what would you say were the core features of Everlaw? when it first launched? Well, when it first launched, all its features were its core features because it didn't have that many, right? Um, <laughs> so the focus is very much on your really basic review. So getting structured 
produce data into the system um, and having an interface for reviewing and annotating it, putting it into binders and so on, and you know running searches. Searches at the time that felt somewhat sophisticated, but now compared to what we can do are, are fairly primitive. So it was really just a bare bones interface for efficiently doing cloud-based document review. Hmm. Well, and one thing I did note was that, as you mentioned, it was cloud-based. Like, why did you decide to have it be cloud-based from its earliest days? That's a great question. I think done right, applications in the cloud offer just so many advantages over on-premises solutions. So, um, for instance, they're much more widely available um, just because they're in round-the-clock data centers, uh, accessible from anywhere, right? Because these cloud infrastructures have endpoints all over the world. Um, they're done well, again, with good security primitives are more secure because you have a really robust tooling and visibility into security. They're much more scalable, right? You don't have to requisition hardware and buy it. You can scale up the terabytes and petabytes and, and hundreds of servers as you need them, which is actually really consistent with what Discovery needs. It's kind of a boom and bust industry in terms of data coming in all of a sudden and leaving all of a sudden. The cloud does really well for that. And then more than anything, it's just the rate of innovation. When you have a cloud-based deployment, you can innovate very quickly. You can constantly deploy new code. Oftentimes what folks have on-premises solutions, they're dealing with a kind of brutal migration cycle where the migrations themselves are time-consuming and risky and costly. And so they do them infrequently. You might be years behind on your software updates as a result. So we could also address that problem and really get them cutting edge software, which ends up being really useful in discovery because one of the challenges of discovery is that you've got to keep up with whatever's coming your way, right? Whatever data is discoverable, whatever formats it's in, you've got to be able to handle. And that is changing very rapidly these days, right? It, with people using other kinds of cloud software, willy nilly, different kinds of mediums for communication and creation of work product, all of those things are discoverable. And so this allows us also to stay ahead of those needs as well as deliver kind of cutting edge tools for document review and searching and artificial intelligence and visualization and things like that. Right. Well, so back then, what was the reaction from potential clients when you informed them you were cloud-based and not on-premises? It was a mixed bag. Uh, some of them totally got it and understood the benefits. You know, many industries have gone through this transformation. And so the writing was kind of on the wall in that respect, like the, the value of the cloud uh, for all the reasons I described, was apparent. And so some folks were looking for a way to be innovative, right? They viewed picking a great discovery tool as a market advantage over their competitors. And so they would take right to it. And that obviously was helpful for our early growth. Other purchasing entities were more reticent, right? You know, we're not really sure about this. We don't have a cloud strategy. We don't know about security. All the other questions that, you know, typically when you haven't probed deeply are reasonable questions to ask. And so in those cases, we try to do some education, but often we'd say, well, that's fine. We'll see you in a couple of years. And I think now it's clear um, that there is a inevitability around the transformation. And we don't really talk to anyone now who doesn't have some kind of cloud strategy, but it was certainly several years in the making. And we've seen that tailwind and that trend just year over year for the last you know half decade or more. Mm, right. Now you mentioned the importance of having cutting edge tools. How has you know, Everlaw expanded its e-discovery capabilities in the years since its launch? I mean, in every way conceivable, right? So in terms of getting data into the system, we have a massively distributed proprietary ingestion scheme that can ingest just mind-boggling numbers of, of native documents and image them and OCR them and do audio transcription and foreign language detection on them, everything you need to know on a 
enormous variety of file formats. We have cloud connectors up the wazoo because a lot of data is actually sitting in the cloud, whether it's um, in Dropbox or Box or Google Drive or SharePoint, Office 365, you name it. So getting that data in. Um, much more sophisticated tools around searching and grouping. Um, you can build searches in Everlaw that you can't build in any other platform due to the way we allow you to chain searches together uh, and do grouping operators to supporting a huge variety of file formats. As I mentioned, audio files, uh, you know, medical imaging files and CAD files and um, chat files and all those other things. Sophisticated tools around managing users and as document assignments and permissions a whole host of data visualization tools, rich artificial intelligence tools, supervised and unsupervised learning, predictive coding and clustering. So the list goes on and on. I think the, the, the biggest one on top of, of all that is, you know, on the communication and collaboration side, we make the process of discovery incredibly collaborative. Um, people actually work together on the platform, they communicate on the platform, and that actually makes it much easier for them to do their job. So that's been a major addition with, with messaging and fine-grained sharing and a message center and all that. It's more secure, it's more convenient and efficient than kind of going out to your email. And then finally, there's a whole story builder suite of tools, but that's kind of post-discovery, so maybe I'll put a pin in that for later. Okay, yeah, I know, and we'll definitely circle back on that. Um, you mentioned a few items there I wanted to follow up on. One was AI. I mean, how does... Everlaw incorporate AI into the e-discovery platform? Uh, in a couple of ways. So one is just in analysis of documents, right? You want to do, I mentioned things like foreign language translation and audio transcription. These are essential to get insight into documents that are not in formats that are easily reviewable, right? So if you've got an audio recording of an investor meeting, you don't want to have to spend an hour listening to it. It would be great if the machine could transcribe it and, and point you to the important part. So we do things like that. Uh, beyond that, you know, our, our tools are around thinking about the problem of finding needles in haystacks, right? That's basically what you're trying to do in discovery. So we have two kinds of tools there. Uh, one is our clustering tool. And the clustering tool basically says, hey, look, here's a huge haystack. I don't know what's in it. You know, I'm, I'm barely getting started. Can you help me map it out? And the machine will go map out all the haystack by the kinds of documents that are in it, find documents that are conceptually similar and say, hey, they're going to go over here. It's going to kind of organize the haystack. So instead of just randomly pulling out pieces of straw and hoping you find a needle, you're going to go to entire clumps and say, these are documents that are quite conceptually similar. I can focus my energies on these or discard them wholesale, right? And so clustering kind of maps out the haystack for you without you giving it any input at all, just by the content of these documents. And that's really, really useful to get a lay of the land. The second thing is a predictive coding tool, which is basically saying, okay, let's say you found some needles, you found some interesting stuff in the haystack, and you want to find more like them. Instead of, again, hoping you're going to find the right stuff, you feed the needles into the system and say, here are some documents I really like, help me find more like them. It'll go to the whole haystack and say, you know what, if you like these specific kinds of documents, we think there's going to be more here, here, and here, and here. Spend your time looking in these areas, and you're going to get much more bang for your buck. You're going to find much more interesting stuff. And so predictive coding helps you direct your energies. Um, it can also help you find missing things. So predictive coding, if you say, hey, look, I'm producing some documents, and here are some of the documents that I think should be privileged in that sense. Are there any I'm missing? It'll say, okay, let me learn from the ones you found are privileged. Based on what you thought was privileged, here are some other documents that you might be producing um, that you've scheduled to be produced uh, that might also be privileged, right? So it's another way to kind of extrapolate or generalize from human intelligence and augment what you're doing. Hmm. Now, what is the reaction 
been like from clients to those capabilities? Oh, I mean, they're essential for large data sets. Uh, and, you know, we routinely have clients who go and use, for instance, predictive coding. And after sometimes after doing review for a while, they start out predictive coding and they're immediately finding relevant documents that they had never seen before. Right. Other clients structure it into the review. They know they're going to use predictive coding. They're doing a responsiveness review pre-production. They need to make sure they're capturing a class of documents. They're going to actually run it through a predictive coding system to ensure that they're capturing all those the potentially relevant documents in a defensible way. So we have a whole host of tools to show the performance of the predictive coding, the historical statistical trends, things like precision and recall and all these numbers you can get into, but they can use it to actually structure the review. So folks use it for all kinds of different uh, use cases. Another side is on the on the plaintiff side, when you're receiving lots of documents, right? You're not doing so much of, you know, I want to be all encompassing with production. You're mostly saying, I just got a massive tranche of documents. I don't have the budget to go look through them all. Help me find a way to direct my efforts and find those critical, important things quickly. You can use predictive coding for that as well. So it's a kind of tool that has lots of different use cases. Uh, very powerful clustering just came out this past year. So I think it's, you know, more, we've, it's a really innovative approach to how people do clustering. I don't think there's anything like it on the market. It's kind of spatial relationship of documents, but that's much more early stage in discovery is just understanding, hey, where am I going to spend my time? How should I think about the content in the case? How should I think about where I should allocate my review time and hours and how I should structure my case in terms of what's the data I have here? Right. Now, you also mentioned the search capabilities. How are those different than what other platforms would offer in that realm? There's a whole bunch of things that we can do um, that really help you build a very sophisticated search. So and we pioneered this whole kind of visual search query builder. So Boolean searches are actually structurally best built visually. So we were the first to come out with that interface. Now, I think a bunch of other folks have moved in that direction as well. Um, but what we also let you do is do very sophisticated grouping operations. Uh, you can nest these grouping operations to find almost a, any kind of end result you want. So you can say, um, find me all the documents that contain a specific word, then add in um, all the email uh, attachments to those documents, and then find the duplicates of those attachments, and then add in the email threads for those duplicates, um, and then you know find just the parent of each email thread. You can actually chain these things together and kind of find amazingly sophisticated searches to find things that are particularly relevant to you. And so you can do this in, in any number of ways. These are kind of very general purpose tools, but the chaining and filtering and grouping efforts we have can be nested arbitrarily deeply. They can be combined together. They can be interspersed with other searches. It lets you get to the heart of the matter. So instead of saying, I, I can just, and let me just do a search and then I'm going to wade through the documents, you can kind of surgically get into exactly the documents you need to look at to test your hypotheses, to allocate at work, again, to focus your efforts so you don't have to look at the whole haystack. Very interesting. Well, we'll be back after a short break. If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? 
InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com slash simple. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Welcome back to my conversation with AJ Shunker, the founder and CEO of Everlaw. AJ, how do you try and convince firms and legal departments that may be fearful about switching to a new e-discovery platform to make the switch? That's a great question. And I think, you know, for a lot of departments, these tools are the lifeblood of how they work. And so it's a big decision. And it's understandable that folks are going to have some trepidation about making a move. Um, The way I think about this, though, is really around the transformation that's happening in the industry and how they see themselves as part of that transformation. Um, If you think about the scale of the problem of the challenge of e-discovery, the the haystacks are now a thousand times bigger than they were. You know, you really do need more sophisticated tools. Your teams are more distributed than they ever were. You need collaborative tools. You need ways to communicate. Uh, And you you want more purpose-built tools for creating work product as well, right? All of these things are uh, challenges that you face as a legal team today. And you're typically using off-the-shelf tools that are repurposed for each of these, these areas. And we provide this unified solution that just makes your life that much better, better at doing your job, better outcomes, and so on. And that gets really necessary when you look at the world that we're operating in now versus 10 years ago or 20 years ago is that kind of transformation, that kind of unified experience. So instead of thinking about the cost of moving away, you want to think about the, you know, whether what you're using now actually meets the needs you have now and what you're going to need to have met later on. And I think we do really well in that regard. And all of these transformations are paradigm shifts, right? And so if you think about Another big transformation was folks in legal uh, professions using smartphones. That was a massive transformation, how they consumed information and how they worked. Um, But they could clearly see the impact and the positive benefit that using a smartphone would have. And the legal industry was actually one of the fastest industries to adopt smartphone technology, which is really neat. So having that kind of mindset about the opportunity that better, more sophisticated technology, purpose-built for how you work, can help you do your job better, I think is a great mentality to bring to thinking, look, this is a profession that's spanning decades and it's got to keep up with everything upstream from it in terms of all the discoverable data and how your clients that you support communicate. And so you want a tool that can meet that challenge head on. And I think that's you know where we feel very well situated year in and year out to be able to provide that cutting edge experience for our clients so they can actually just get back to doing what they want to do, of course, which is which is practicing law. And have you seen firms and legal departments become more comfortable in making the switch in recent years? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I think, you know, our growth has really been based on these entities making the switch and growing their usage of Everlaw over time. I mean, I think we're really proud of of the value we've been able to provide for these folks. And of course, we're very grateful to them for choosing Everlaw. But I would say we've seen many firms grow their businesses using Everlaw. 
you know, there's one I'm thinking of that, you know, they cracked the MLA 200, you know, uh, based on the growth of litigation practice. That's amazing to see. And, you know, using Everlast. So we think there's a lot of opportunities for synergy in that kind of growth. But absolutely, you know, our growth as a company is is really been based on folks making the switch. Now, what will you need to do in the coming years to continue to attract um, new clients, especially, you know, big law firms or leading, um, you know, in-house legal departments? Yeah, well, first of all, our work is never done, right? The challenge of finding needles in a haystack, that core discovery challenge, is an incredibly complex one where there's no one single answer. You've got to remain on the cutting edge and bring everything you can to bear to help people do that better, right? Whether it's better search tools and better review tools or better visualization tools or artificial intelligence tools, all of those things, um, better analysis tools. Uh, and so we think for core discovery, there's just a huge amount of innovation yet to be done that we are going to be at the forefront of um, as a technology company, ensuring that they have the best available to them to do that core discovery component, without a doubt. Even as haystacks continue to multiply in size exponentially, even as the volume and type of uh, data they're dealing with also grows in complexity, um, all of that, and even as their own organizations continue to be distributed and they're working with more sophisticated clients. So that's that's a core thing is we're going to be staying ahead of that. And the second is to broaden the surface area that we provide to our users, to provide that kind of unified kind of litigation operating system for them to not just do core discovery, um, but further upstream. We recently released a legal holds tool that allows them to kind of get upstream from discovery and handle their needs pre-litigation. All the connectors we've built to plug into their data sources, there's going to continue to be more and more of those. And then downstream after discovery, how do they create work product? How do they create master chronologies and timelines and prepare motions and briefs and cite evidence and do depositions and uh, ingest transcripts? All of that's already built into Everlaw. You can do all of that, but we're going to be pushing more on that and taking, uh, making sure that we have more purpose-built tools so that uh, they feel that they can do what they need to do in any given day in this one integrated platform that's designed for how they work. So that's really what we're thinking about in terms of both the depth of discovery in these areas, as well as the breadth covering this very broad space to make sure that the whole ecosystem of practitioners has a home. Every single person has a home in Everlove. Hmm. Well, in terms of broadening the surface area, I know you mentioned earlier Story Builder. Could you chat a little bit about um, you know what Story Builder is and how you're seeing clients use it? Yeah, so Story Builder is our suite of tools that's designed for taking not the whole haystack, but just the needles that you found in that haystack and putting them to use. Uh, and so it turns out, of course, when you when you do a litigation or an, or an investigation, you don't just find the hot evidence. You've got to now tell a story with it. You've got to construct a narrative. Uh, and you do that in a lot of ways that typically you're, you find yourself using kind of off-the-shelf tools repurposed for this, this, this use. So for instance, we often see folks using Excel to track a map, keep track of a master chronology. And Excel is a great tool, but it's not designed for, you know, master chronologies for litigation. So you have, you know, a paralegal manually pasting in document links and so on. Um, you'll also use Word, of course, and you'll be kind of linking to citations and trying to link to documents and PDFs and so on. So we built all that into Everlaw. We have a timeline tool that's real-time collaborative. So everyone on your team can get in there and actually contribute to the timeline and, and dig into the evidence of what happened when and the importance of the evidence that replaces the kind of that Excel master chronology. And then we have a drafting tool that's a real-time collaborative editor that allows you to take the evidence you found and integrate it directly into a document format as citations and actually support and buttress your arguments and frame out 
the strategy that you have and ensure that you're looking for the right kinds of things. It's also real-time collaborative. So everyone can work on this at the very same time. And the nice thing about the integration is that everything you've learned about these documents from when your first review team got to it to when you're integrating it now is accessible. So you don't lose any of that information exporting it from one tool, moving it to the other. Uh, you can click a button and generate an exhibit list and walk out the door uh, to a deposition. We have a live deposition format, so you can chat real time with your colleagues and find evidence as you need it, inject you know, exhibit numbers, and then upload a transcript. So all of that's baked into the platform. It really allows folks to work more tightly and more collaboratively with each other and changes what's effectively, you know, it's historically been kind of a linear reactive process of like, first let's do discovery, let's find the docs, let's hand those docs to the next team, let's have them build a, a case with it. Now the teams are working kind of stacked on each other in the same platform. And the team that's taking the needles and building an argument can do that while discovery is happening. And they can say, hey, look, we've got great arguments for points A, B, and C, but we really need more support for point D. Review team, can you go look for things that support point D? That's an amazing kind of transformation that really tightens the feedback loop and ensures that the review team can be more directed in the work they're doing and, and kind of get more bang for their buck. So it's like a really tight loop. We think these things should be done in the same system, but each of them having purpose-built tools for their for the task. And that's how we thought about Story Builder. So it's been a really neat way for our legal, the legal teams that use Everlaw to get so much more about out of the process and bring so much more of their team on board in a really collaborative and productive fashion. Interesting. Now, were these capabilities something that your clients had said they wanted to see or was it more of, you know, Everlaw thought this could be something that's really beneficial to clients and let's develop it and see if they come? In this case, it was more of the latter. Um, and not because clients didn't have a need, but typically when clients think of discovery software, they just don't think about this stuff, right? So if you ask them what they need, it's more like, hey, I need more ability to handle Bates prefixes or something like that. You know, we do all that stuff, right? Um, but this is more a step to the side. So it's more of a bet on our part. It's more of, uh, of us realizing the vision we had for this unified platform. And now that we've built it, of course, folks are using it all the time and they have lots of input and we're expanding the capabilities willy-nilly. So I think there's a lot of buy-in there. But at first, I do think it was it was a, a bit out in left field of what people expected um, to get with their discovery platform, uh, which is not unreasonable. But I'm, I'm really glad we made that investment because now it's so integral to how these teams work. And more broadly, why did you feel like Everlaw needed to broaden its surface area when it comes to the tools it provides clients? Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer is, if you think about discovery, if you're just doing a flyover of the industry and you, you equate litigation with discovery, you know, that's where most of the companies are and probably where the most, of, most of the spend seems to go directly. But that's actually a relatively narrow viewpoint. You know, discovery, intense discovery might be six to eight months of a two to three year litigation and might in involve only some of the teams involved in that litigation rather than all the other ones, right? It's just worth asking, you know, how's everyone spending their time all day? Can we help them spend their time better? Can we improve the quality of their work and their life, right? And their ability to collaborate with each other. And when you ask those questions, almost like ethnographically looking at how people spend their time, you see these answers, right? That involve things like Story Builder. And so for us, I think our mandate was not, we are a discovery company. You know, it's our mandate is how do we support this whole ecosystem of people better? And that's why we're called Everlaw, right? Um, and I think that's that breath that's kind of conveyed by that, I think is important for us is that we think everyone in the ecosystem matters and we think all the stuff they do is worth supporting. And so that's kind of the vision we have for where we're going as a product and that led to these decisions. Hmm. And where else in the ecosystem may Everlaw go in the coming years? <laughs> that's a good question. 
you know, I'll keep a couple things close, close to the vest here, but I think, you know, one of the things we've definitely been investing in is more upstream. I mentioned this legal holds tool um, that's completely integrated into Everlaw, helps you manage your custodians, send out notices, track uh, acceptances of these holds and so on. That's a move more upstream pre-litigation that we think is also worth supporting. And we've got, you know, more coming in that regard as well. So I think, you know, I would just say anywhere that you see folks in litigation or an investigation spending time is an area we're thinking about and are interested in. Uh, and it's just a matter of time, you know, for us to go build out the infrastructure to make sure that they have a place deeply integrated purpose built for them in, in Everlaw. Well, I couldn't, you know, complete this conversation without noting that Everlaw recently became a legal tech unicorn um, with a valuation now of more than $2 billion. You know, how will this latest round of funding help you do the types of things you've talked about today regarding expanding the ecosystem and offerings? It'll come in handy in every part of the business. Um, there's no particular mandate. It's really using the money to do more, uh, better and faster, right? And so it's it's helping us certainly on the product and engineering side, continue to staff up our teams and accelerate the pace of innovation. It's helping us on the go-to-market side, hire folks in those areas to, to spread the word about Everlaw and drive usage, right? And drive growth. Um, and we're going to do that, of course, by building the best product in the industry. So I think uh, those things really go hand in hand. Um, beyond that, you know, having that kind of broad mandate around the surface area of the platform, this will allow us to kind of place more bets like we did with StoryBuilder, uh, also consider things like geographic expansion over time. So uh, yeah, really a little bit of everything. Well, AJ, it sounds like we have a lot to look forward to. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalRebels.com, LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free apps from ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.